Welcome to another episode of The Paragon Path. This is episode 13, The Power of Color. We talk with Katrisa, can't pronounce her last name, about being a paragon color and what that means, what she did to get to that point, and how you can potentially get to that point as well. On top of that, we talk about how you might bring up the topic of a paragon color to your kingdom if it's not one of the ones that recognizes it, or what are things that you can do to bring it forward. As always, stick around, listen, follow us for more. Welcome to another episode of The Paragon Path. This is, oh God, what did I name this episode? I had a good name for it and I forgot it. I posted it and everything. Um, <laughs> episode 14? 13. Uh, it's episode 13, technically. Ooh. Yeah. Good. 13. I like it. Right before Halloween, we're episode 13. The best. It's uh, the path and Technicolor. No, I don't know. <laughs> it's not I bad. Didn't. I do like that one. What is the power of color. On? There we go. The power of color. I like internal rhymes, and that's close-ish. It's not perfect. Okay, episode 13, power of color. Um, we have one slash 1.5 guests. Uh, it'll depend on if Bonnie is able to get in and out. Uh, she is in Ontario at the moment, so it's a um, few bars. But uh, Katrisa is our main guest here, and I'm going to have her introduce herself and a little bit of your experience in AmpCart. Hi, I'm uh, Katrisa Jacons, uh Paragon Color from the Celestial Kingdom. I've been playing AmpGuard for six-ish, seven-ish years, mm -hmm. um, but I've been LARPing since I was 12, um, which is about 30 years now. Um, in a group that is AmpGuard adjacent. It actually broke off of AmpGuard at around the founding of the Celestial Kingdom. So, Oh, I know which one that is. Because, uh -huh. yeah. Because yeah. Michael yeah, was in that. the park, the Baradun park that split off and then became, yeah. yep, okay. There's yeah, a whole that, history lesson there. It's <laughs> we... a huge history lesson. I lived it. Um, so I, I grew up basically in what is AmpGuard version 6. Mm -hmm. um, when bards had mimic and all of that wonderful stuff, the heal spell was twenty million lines long. I mean, I mean, it's only marginally shorter now. Um, and you right. had the whole mace, ab, arrow bash stuff at the beginning that I can never remember. Right. Um, and <laughs> warriors could never point at you and yell stuff and have things happen. True. So that still breaks my brain a little bit, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I've been amp guard, full amp guard for about six, seven-ish years now. Um, joined in with my husband, um, and my now 13-year-old, then like six-year-old hmm. son. Um, so I would take the field as the, I am the parent so that he could play with us. Um, and then as he got bigger, I transitioned to the sideline mom. Um, and then transition to hydrating because Texas and full plate nail and mm -hmm. leather and no shade. And nope. the sun is that level in Mario where it's trying to kill you. Mm -hmm. That's yep. Texas. <laughs> um, and I didn't want anyone to die for real, least of all my family. Yeah. Um, so I started hydrating and I was just taking points in color because I, I mean, I had already been playing for three decades mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. and i was like uh, i mean i could step on the field but i don't really need to 
um, to, to prove anything. Like I'm happy, just as happy watching as I am doing anything else. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that that led me to starting to hydrate kind of kingdom level events and doing what I call active hydration, which is not, I sit on this field and when people walk by, I go, water, mm -hmm. hydrate. No, I, I will load up a tray with shot glasses <laughs> filled with water and walk out like a waitress on the field and dodge arrows and you know, watch for people that are in insubstantial states or they're frozen or wounded and the, the battles kind of moved away from them a little bit. And mm. then I approach and give them water. Um, if they're frozen or they're counting down something, I'll take over the count for them. Or if they're casting their charge spell, I'll take over the in-camp for them. So they could have five seconds to breathe and get some water mm -hmm. and then let them continue on their way. That's uh, really important is Exus. Uh, it's really important everywhere. Let, let's point that out. If you are wearing armor of any kind, please drink water. Get electrolytes. No dying on our field. We've gone a, a pretty decent long time without anybody dying. So Well, <laughs> that's, that's why I made this really big push because about two years into me playing Ampguard, I heard of a player in Lubbock who passed away mm -hmm. from dehydration. He'd been playing all day and stopped and sat down under a tree and it all caught up to him and from what i heard he didn't wake up mm -hmm. and having my family like legitimately family on the field i was like that's that's not happening right to, to mine mm -hmm. not not on my watch it's it's uh we talked about it a lot in the the paragon warrior episode because armor is such a big part of their class what you can do to cool down if you want to know more about that it should be tagged in the paragon warrior episode but uh a just drink water all the time like all of it all the time it's it's a very important thing and the the way that you talk about how you uh almost are a like a bridge support you're supporting the actual person, not in-game, but, like, also allowing them to continue their process in-game is a very interesting and, I think, uh, balanced way to integrate a real-life support class in our game that is not just the healer. It, it's legitimately like, hey, you need to breathe, you need to drink water, you're going to still keep playing the game or I'm going to help you, but you got you got to think about your body first. And... Right, and... I mean, I've heard arguments before, especially when I started. It's like, you don't need to go out and take the water to them. These are grown adults. They they can know when to go get a drink of water. No, and I'm like, camp guarders are children. <laughs> well, I mean, for the most part, we're adults. And yes, we should be old enough and mature enough and responsible enough to listen to our own bodies and to drink water. However... I've got an advanced degree in education, which comes along with a lot of study on how people learn and something called flow, mm -hmm. which is when you're in an activity and you're so engrossed and engaged by said activity, regardless of what activity it is, you're going to forget everything else, literally everything else, which includes listening to your body when you need to take a break. Mm -hmm. And so there needs to be this outside intervention watching for that. And in traditional athletic activity and sports 
those are the coaches that are watching their players and going, you know what, I need to sub you out. You're going to come off the field. You're going to sit down. You're going to drink a little bit. And after a couple of plays, I'll sub you back in when you cut your breath, because if you keep playing in this state, you're going to make a mistake and someone's going to get hurt. Mm. We're no different. Yep. And I, I agree. Reeves, Marshalls, those should be the first line of defense for this kind of player safety. But people want to play, <laughs> you know, and it's, yes, it's service and yes, it's sacrifice to give up your play time to see to the safety of our player base. But if our players are getting hurt, they won't play. Mm-hmm. Well, unless they're warlords that are super dedicated, then they keep going out and hurting themselves. And then we have to tell them to stop when they're like 30. We're like, yeah. Half. Yeah. No, no, let's not. I'd, I'd love to see the 50 year old warlord. It's great. Yeah. There's, there's like eight of them, 12 of them. I don't know. There's not that many. There's not that many. We could count them on hands and maybe a foot. Probably. There yeah, there's not a ton. But listen to your body. The the flow thing is um it is very the the actual theory of flow and how it works and how you get into it is very advanced, like psychology level and body uh uh I can't think of it. But your your mind does a lot of things and then it overrides your it's mind over matter very much. Yeah. And that whole process is something that a lot of artists and creative types struggle to get into. And once they get into, they want to stay there. And it happens a lot more often for athletes and, and anybody doing physical activity because adrenaline causes an initial reaction to it. Um, and I know it's really fun to keep fighting for a very long time. And when you're in that flow state, you want to keep doing it. And it's really awesome. Uh, the best thing that I've found, because I've been playing sports my entire life, is when you're in the flow state, if you recognize you're in that flow state, just pause for 30 seconds and breathe and find out if any part of your body aches, because it probably does, and then go get water, because uh, you've been ignoring something. I don't know what it is, but it's something, and it happens. And the, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very tricky, and especially in Texas. That heat is uh, very hard to compete with. Like... Every everybody south of the Mason Dixon line just needs to drink more water all the time when you play Ampguard because it's just hot. I mean, Florida, I know there's water in the air around you, but still drink more water. It's hot. Yeah, because breathing the water does not help hydrate you. No, it's mostly called pneumonia, and that doesn't help anybody. <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's go over specifically what is the color class. Like you've talked a little bit about what you did to to get your paragon color and what you do in your role, but what is your read on what the color class is? So according to the rules of play, the color class is a non-combat class that just brings color and life to the game. And mm -hmm. it, it's how I've described color class since I was playing in the 90s in V6. Granted, it's, you know, Amphgard adjacent, but close enough that, mm -hmm. I mean, it bleeds over. It was the same rule book for decades. For a while, um, yes. <laughs> until V7, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, basically. Um, so, you know, the, the rules of play say it's a non-combat class. Um, my read on it is a color class is literally anything that brings life and color to the game. 
mm-hmm. which means the warlord in his full regalia with fighting company colors and the matching everything and all of that jazz is color. Because mm-hmm. if we strip away the garb, we strip away the fighting companies, we strip away the banners, we strip away the the names, we're just a nerf combat force. Mm-hmm. And it would be played the same way in tunics as it would be in people in jerseys and athletic gear. Mm-hmm. So everything is color class. Okay. But color class is that that kind of focused I'm bringing atmosphere mm-hmm. to the game. So it's not just a bunch of people dressing up hitting each other with swords but it really transports us into a new dimension into a new realm would you consider npcs during like quest battle game hybrids or quests to be a color class yes okay that's i i completely agree with that read it's it's bringing color to the the class bringing life and color to the game uh specifically do that it makes us less sport and more live action role play storytelling mm-hmm. rpg right makes a lot of sense um what do you consider the difference between an average color and a paragon color how do you make that jump because there's no levels in color it's just one color how do you jump from being a color to a paragon color um that's the hardest question in the world <laughs> <laughs> um i guess it's Paragon color is never something I ever saw or looked at or looked for or strived for. I just did my thing. Mm -hmm. And I did my thing in a way that was as creative and in keeping with the storyline. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Atmosphere. Mm -hmm world that we have collectively built that we build every single time we meet together mm-hmm. in, in that way is possible um the the character katrisa Tracon that i portray whenever i do anything amp guard um was a waitress she was a bar wench um you know so at 14 i'm playing a bar wench um <laughs> inherited her father's tavern and then when i poured it over i kind of did the hand wavium of magical realm do hickey and i'm in a new place and having to start over but she's got her business acumen and she's got her savvy but what she knows best is not war is not strategy is not tactics it's providing food and drink to those who need it mm-hmm. when they need it the moment they need it and so when i hydrate that's what i'm channeling we saw so yeah so for me the difference between color and paragon color is that shift in mindset is that you are whatever action it is that you're performing it's done through the lens of that character that you are portraying Mm -hmm. and that you're not really deviating from it you're using it to build and compound on what you're doing okay um is that what you would also consider the separate line between doing rose service work and doing color work? Is that character aspect? Yes. Yes, okay. that's the huge thing. Because I had so many people go, oh, well, that's just a service thing. Like, you should be a master rose and you should be a flame knight and not paragon. Because paragon is for 
you know, affecting the battlefields. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, great. Yes, that's exactly what the definition of Paragon is in the rules of play, is right. that it's awarded to the class who exemplifies, it's awarded to the person who exemplifies their class on the field of battle. Yes. A sideline hydration color person who just sits on the lines and plays music or goes, hydrate, get your beer from the sidelines. <laughs> right. Isn't affecting the battlefield. Mm-hmm. The active hydration that I was doing, physically out on the field, looking at the meat grinder, you know, stepping onto, you know, Celestial Kingdom's Spring War field of 300 people mm-hmm. and reading the flow of that battle to know where it would be safe for me to interject myself not just for me personally and not just for the water that I'm carrying, but also for the other players. And then watching our Paragon Warriors and their six points of plate mail, <laughs> layered chain mail, layered gambeson yeah. craziness in Texas in spring, yep. which is basically summer for everywhere else. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it it affects the field of battle. Our battle games are able to go longer when there's active hydration Mm -hmm. so i as a color class i argued that i i was affecting the field of battle somehow and i was doing it to the best of the classes of the abilities of the class that i was portraying Mm -hmm. which was this non-combat lens on how do you keep players safe how do you keep players continuing to have a good time Mm -hmm. and how do you keep the flow of the game going without any jarring breaks in the atmosphere of the story we're trying to tell right so that's a that is a way i haven't heard it described before from other kingdoms um and i think that works i think it's probably the most solid argument i've heard for why paragon color is separate from Rose work and just straight hydration and like being the, the hydrocrat or whatever else you want to call it, the water, the watercrat, whatever. There's a, there's a distinct difference between it. And that is interacting with the battlefield. And that is what paragons are asked to do is they're asked to very much affect and interact with the battlefield. Um, being able to do that as a, a color and bring in, water or uh additional you know hydration things i know pickles were brought at spring war at one point yeah. there's gatorade frozen popsicles anything that helps bring down body temperature and or gives you electrolytes back um always a good thing on the field knowing when and where to produce them bring them out to the field make them available how to interact with it that is a very distinct difference from just being the hydrocrat it's also it does require some skill and it does utilize in a sense the power that you've decided you have as a color because our game defines you as having nothing but role play and if you decide to put role play into it and you actually utilize your skills and look at the battlefield and make a change that is utilizing your abilities which are role play straight up role play so that is a i think that is probably the best argument i've heard for why color why color is a class and not just uh, a credit point or something like that. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, um, and, and I will I will admit in my younger years I very much was the oh color is the you're just sitting on the sidelines and it means that you were here but you weren't really fighting and you can just sit and look pretty. Mm -hmm. And I've I've kind of changed my tune in terms of this kind of gradual growth that I've gone through from the days of me playing color and just kind of watching my child run around and play to he's looking really red in the face. It's really hot today. He mm -hmm. needs water, but he's having so much fun. So let me take him some water. Well, if I'm taking him water, I might as well take my husband water. Well, I might as well take our friend's water mm -hmm. to I'm at kingdom level going. There's a hundred people out there, all who are looking red in the face, all who are starting to look sluggish. I should just take them water so that one, they can stay safe, but most importantly, they can keep playing and having fun. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it's a, so okay. Here's the thing that I I just made this connection literally just now that I I hadn't thought about before because uh, we normally gloss over it in when you're talking about how battles go and warfare and everything like that. But there's legitimately a whole slew of people in regular or like medieval battle that their only job was to run around with water and like they had the messengers that you needed to get tracks back and forth. They had scouts. They had a water crew. They had, like, all of these were legitimate things that had to happen in battle. And color is that opportunity to be that thing without actually interacting as a, uh, as one of the combatant classes. Right. Um, and a lot of those times, the those people weren't armed. Like, the, the water carriers and things, they didn't carry around weapons or shields or anything. They might have had a shield on their back or something, but they carried around water. That was their job. It's, it's a lot of things to carry around, and they might bring people back to med bay or whatever that's still the color class kind of interacting and taking that role replicating real combat um molly so, pitcher yeah molly pitcher is a true historical figure she is the exactly what you said she was i think it was uh, Professor Trent, shout out to you if you're watching this. Please correct me in the comments below. Um, from what I remember of him and I's conversation, she was a historical figure, I believe, in around the Civil War era, and she would hydrate the forces for her side. And I don't remember if she was Union. I think she was Union. I don't think she was Confederate. Mm -hmm. um, but she would hydrate her side's troops. That's, I mean, that's literally what you're doing. You're replicating combat. There's combat going on. People need water. You bring it. That's yep. an actual role in combat. I, we are a fantasy LARP role play that puts Gambison at a lower rate than leather, even though historically Gambison was used 100% more than leather armor. Um, uh, this has actually got some historical base. So we're going to ignore arguments of just like colors, not historical. It is. It is. Hi. It's there. Um, <laughs> I very much like that argument, and I'm going to use that. Yes. Uh, so, one of our questions we have in here is why color class separate from peasant, and we kind of outlined it. The peasant actually has weapons they get to carry around. Um, Peasants where... are expected to affect combat in right. this very real visceral way. In mm -hmm. the fact that they're going to be your cannon fodder, they're going to be the throw numbers at it, they're going to be the, I need a warm body to stand here mm -hmm. and just delay them for 
as many heartbeats as you can manage to delay them. Mm-hmm. Whereas the color is, it, it's it's that Molly picture. It's the it's the extra eyes on the field. Um, mm-hmm. Recently, <laughs> hi, we're gonna get into this topic. Here's the segue. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, my kingdom got a lot of flack for the number of battle masters that they produced. Like forty um, something. Yeah, uh, in the thirties, it was an obscene number of battle masters. Would you guys did the same um, thing that Polaris did? Uh, you recognized everyone from the beginning of time forward. Now Polaris yep. is like a sixth the age of CK because CK has been around for like thirty years. Um, so you have a lot more people <laughs> to go through yes. to make that to make that call. So I don't. I don't think it's a bad ratio. I think there was a lot of them, but I don't disagree with the fact that there is that many on in the history of CK. There's a lot of them. And you guys are also a big kingdom, so. Yes. Um, but I bring it up because I was among the Battlemasters. Mm-hmm. And I remember that moment when the king called my name. He, he was doing all the Battlemasters. And I was like, okay, cool, I can... I can kind of just, you know, wait and listen for, you know, the friends or the people that I had put forward to see if they're going to get theirs because I'm kind of excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, once I hear the ones that I'm, I'm super important about, then I can just kind of tune out and listen for any other names that surprised me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, clap at the appropriate times. And that was about it. And then I heard my name and I was like, what? Because, you know, I, I looked over the what the requirements were for, mm-hmm. for Battlemaster to, to make that argument. Yeah, I should get one. Because I'm a paragon, and my paragon was for stuff done on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the requirements. But, you know, as I looked into it, Battlemaster, Knight of Battle, has that tagline of that it's only for the base 10 classes Mm -hmm. and paladin and anti-paladin, period. Mm -hmm. Which excludes me as a color. And so I was like, okay. I, I you know, argued with a couple of times. I debated with a couple of people. Really wonderful conversations. Really wonderful debates. And I went, you know what? Maybe maybe this isn't something that I should even think about. You know, because this is this is trying to give the combat prowess mm-hmm. a different way to go about it rather than the tournament win. Mm-hmm. And I don't have combat prowess, so yeah, it makes sense that I shouldn't be considered in the running for this and i'm okay with that and then my name was called so i was like what and then i got to thinking about it i'm like well but there is a prowess to reading the battlefield Mm -hmm. to knowing where it's safe for me to go in and interact when it's safe for me to you know pull someone out of the battlefield or nudge things around Mm -hmm. um now before this I had always put on the, uh, you know, uh, non-combat position in that, yes, I was out in the field, but if people targeted me, I'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm a color, mm-hmm. you know, don't take that spell, put it back in your spell slot, here's your arrow back, you know, uh, don't count me as a valid target because I'm not going to do anything that's going to hurt you, I'm mm-hmm. just going to watch you and give you water if you need it. Mm-hmm. But now since getting this battle master, I'm like, well, um, I, if he thinks I deserve it, then maybe I need to find a way to show that it is deserving. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm waiting for our next 
our kingdom's next kind of big shindig, uh, which is hopefully spring more 2022 kicks off and I can do this kind of on the large scale. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea is for me to go in and hydrate, but be picked on a team, become a targetable, mm-hmm. you know, a, a legit target, target so that the other team can target me with spells and effects and weapons. And I will take my deaths and I will take my injuries. Mm-hmm but I just won't have weapons and all I will do is water. And so then I need to start kind of stepping up my game and being like, I need to read the battle, not just where it's safe for me to go into, but mm-hmm. where are we getting flanked? Are they collapsing the center? Are they positioning themselves a certain way? Is there a specific player that is really giving ours trouble, have I noticed that they can be countered by this other class? Who's playing that class? Can I direct them to go mm-hmm. and basically be an on-field general, which, mm-hmm. again, <laughs> history would show that those were there. Yep. I, I don't know if that's something I can do in a way that uh, affects the outcome of the battle and sways it for the one team. So... If I can't, I will return the Battlemaster. I think that's a very can, fair balance. Yeah, if you can, I mean... If I can, then can beat it. Right. Uh, reading the battlefield uh, is probably one of the hardest... In AmpGuard, it's one of the hardest things to teach because classically it's taught in a classroom and it takes a lot of hours to watch battle after battle after battle after battle and figure out what things work why they don't and then you have to scale it ridiculously small down because amp guard battles are tiny we have skirmishes we don't actually have real battles we have skirmishes in the the eyes of warfare um and then you have to calculate magic into it and everything else and it's it's a legitimate difficult skill to learn um and understanding the battlefield alone if you have that tactical eye all the whole game opens up infinitely easier and if you're playing that uh that getting water running messages playing a scout directing like running uh directing flanks and things like that and actually doing it correctly it is a giant just having a person like watching the battlefield and going oh our left flank is coming down and need three over there or something like that or not even knowing how many we need just recognizing that our flank is weak that is enough to often change the field's trajectory so that we end up with not getting crushed on that side. Yeah. Like if you know Delos is crushing the flank. (laughs) Yeah. And you need so-and-so to stop him. Right. Like where's Harry? Where is Harry? He's playing a barbarian. Don't send the wizard after him. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And and that's the next thing is, you know, if you study actual warfare, they're going to give you all these tactics and scenarios and things that work on a much larger scale. Mm -hmm. But they don't deal, as you said, with magic. Mm -hmm. And so there's interplay between how the different classes interact. And, you know, one class can be a hard counter for another. But maybe not if that class that's being hard countered is played by so-and-so. Right. And so it's it's learning that and knowing how to do that that i'm that's where i want to go that's my next step mm-hmm. in in this paragon journey and the fact that now i'm a, a battle master for paragon color mm-hmm. is is that something that i can do is that something that i can learn and is that something that i can figure out how to then teach others who want to emulate and do the same thing because that's that's the whole idea is to make it live beyond me 
mm-hmm. and and to teach others. And if I if I can't do that, then I should I should just hand over my silver sash and be like, I'm I'm done. I don't know about the silver sash. the The paragon hood you've definitely earned. the The battle master because it's got different For definitions sure. is is different. Yeah. Um, okay. No fair. 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 The the effect that you, and we we've been thrown into a very uh, new kind of order with the battle master because never before have we had paragon legitimately rated as something within our ladders. So now we're looking at it. We're like, okay, so you can get a Paragon hood and it gets you your eighth. Another one gets you your ninth. A third one gets you your 10th slash master hood. That whole, like a Paragon is essentially an eighth order of any other ladder award. Yeah. Uh, your second is a ninth and your, your third is a 10th. That, that very much defines Paragon like we haven't had before where it was a very loose genre of just like, it's a really good player that affects the field as a class. And then just good like <laughs> brush us <laughs> off and go, all right, go make your own decisions. Now we're like, oh, it's an eighth order. It's at least an eighth order. If it's not, uh, you're doing it wrong. Because now we have a, a legit ruling. Like it's it's got to yeah. be eight, nine, and ten. So the the effect of the Paragon on the field is now much more quantifiable than it was before. And if if you're, because um, I've seen you at Spring War before. Um, I've been to Texas a couple of times the effect on the field of people being able to fight and have like, uh, I think it was you and fish. Yes. Fish a while ago was one of my high. Yeah. That, that year it was me and fish and Belladonna and Azul. And I, I had a rotating mm-hmm. cast of characters that they would play on the field and then be like, I'm tired, but I still want to interact. Right, and so they'd be able to just kind of walk and go at their own speed mm-hmm. while delivering water. And it was um, it was which... wagons of water. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah, was fantastic. Yeah. We had the water wagon. <laughs> it's I, hundred percent, great idea. Worked really well. Um, so I believe that was the year. Yeah, that had to be the year that Michael was warcraft, and I was helping him out. So I was actually watching yeah. the field more than actually participating. Yes. Um. But you do make a difference on the field. And people can say you're not making a battlefield. You're not making a field. You're not making an effect using abilities, which you are making an effect using the roleplay ability and your own logic, which takes a large chunk of what Paragon is, is your ability to read the battlefield and use it. And like, it's still being used. It's just being used in a way that we normally don't anticipate it because um, Ampguiders like rules and we like... Mm-hmm figuring out how to make them the best for us. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's not good. <laughs> but no comment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, half of this podcast is about like, hey, so there's a weird rule you can exploit. Here it is. <laughs> okay, fair. Um, Hi, there's this weird rule you can exploit with color in that um, you can't get targeted by things because you're technically not in combat. I mean, I guess that works. <laughs> I mean, it depends how you you want to read how the reeve wants to read it kind yeah. of uh, yeah I, I i did participate as a color class in a combat situation mm-hmm. which was so much fun it was the the event that i was given my paragon um it was the last time i think that ck had uh guild masters of the individual classes at the kingdom level 
um, we now only have just Giggles the Master of Reefs. Um, mm-hmm. But after that reign, we voted in to to get rid of you know Guildmaster Color, Guildmaster Warrior, Guildmaster Peasant, all of those. Mm-hmm. Um, it, just to kind of streamline things down and, and have less to vote on on an all thing every yes. six months. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 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 idea behind a battle game was GMs and Paragons versus the world. Oh, and so you know they were all lining up, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna actively hydrate this one. Um, but at the beginning of the reign, the monarch. Uh, this was the rain where we had like monarch turnover craziness. Oh yes, mm-hmm. yeah, it was that rain. Um, <laughs> the first monarch of that rain um, made a relic for me um, and gave me abilities that said that if I was ever in my hydration station, that I would have unlimited mens, and so people could come over to my hydration station, get a drink, and get equipment fixed because. Most color classes are also our ANS crafters. Mm-hmm. And so most colors make weapons, make armor, make garb. So they're very good at mending those things that break. Mm-hmm. And so that was the combat effect to simulate that most colors are also crafters. Mm-hmm. So we go into this battlefield and you know, everyone's lining up and I'm getting ready to, to hydrate and they're getting ready to be like, okay, don't forget colors here. So, you know, don't hit her and don't target her and she's going to hydrate. And, and I went, this is James versus the world. I never got a chance to use my battle ability because um, like three weeks later, the monarch kind of imploded. So um, <laughs> I really want to do this. Uh, can I count as a hydration station and can I be on this team and can I actively hydrate just this team? And the Reeve went, do you have water on you right now? And I pulled out two water bottles. <laughs> cool. Hadn't opened them. I was like, yes, they're right here. He's like, and I could see the look on his face. Of, I'm going to regret this later. Fine. Guys, she's on the GMs and Paragons teams. Target away. <laughs> I was like, and I got unlimited men's. Which is one of the very few spells that I actually remember the encamp for without having to look it up. Mm-hmm. So I parked myself right behind our front line, which was a the guildmaster of a paladin mm-hmm. and paragon paladin, and then the warrior and then the barbarian, all of whom were in two points armor plus. Mm-hmm. And so I was just hanging on to them, chanting, I'm in this armor, I'm in this armor, I'm in this, and I just moved my hand every so often and tried to keep up with where it looked like they were getting hit. Mm-hmm. And the only time the line faltered and really cracked was when the enemy team managed to get a person around using teleport or peasants sneaking around and, mm-hmm. and us just kind of ignoring them and taking out the back line and me so that way suddenly they could do damage to the armor and they could get through them and kill them. And I was like, oh, so much fun, guys. <laughs> So, like, I, you know, I, I did get to do some combat-y stuff, sort of. I mean, it, of. it's an interesting idea, the, the the relic. I do. So, Mend is one of those weird ones that is good if you have a lot of them. It also is a lot less beneficial if you don't have Swift. So, like, right. <laughs> it's a lot of words for one point back. And... I do really like the idea of like colors having the ability to be at respawn and acting like a full support 
like the, the you literally come back to them and instead of doing the whole 60 second you wait at base repair your stuff thing you just hand it to a, a color and the color mends it back up and fixes it for you and gives it back yeah that's a really cool and, and going back to you know the the conversation of the you know the battlefield hydration molly mm -hmm. pitcher there was battlefield blacksmith mm -hmm. and armor smith yep. and that would sit there and you know, be mending armor, mending shields, mending, so making new ones. And so, oh, my shield broke. Okay, here's a new one. I'll go fix this one. Mm -hmm. Hi, it, we, we could do that too. Yeah. I, I, that sounds like it, fun. It's got a lot of potential to, if we just, if we transition color into a legitimate mm -hmm. class where it actually has abilities. Into, I don't want to say legitimate class. Right, right. Into a, viable combat yeah class. one of one of the more instead of being one of the pat pat you were here congratulations yeah like extra class because the there's three classes that we currently have four classes i guess that kind of are just credit points like they don't do a lot like mm -hmm. monster is all up to the reeves discretion if you're allowed to play monster at all peasant never gains any abilities uh color is color was invented to just keep track of points and then uh reeve doesn't reeve. get you any more power as you take credits in it yeah <laughs> you are still the ultimate power as soon as you are reeve um, congratulations you're still a level one god <laughs> you have you the knife head of death um <laughs> and yet we have a paragon reeve i i think that's a that's another thing that i will have on the paragon reeve episode but it is a uh it's a service thing that has flavor, which makes it something different. Yeah. And, uh, and it takes a lot of skill to do. Mm -hmm. And there's different kinds. Of, you know what? That's a conversation. Yeah, that's it. it <laughs> we've got a whole episode for that one later. Yeah. We have, um, be sure you have my husband on that one. Okay. Um, so uh, I lost my train of thought. It exploded. Sorry. We'll go back. No, we're fine. We'll go back to the questions because um, we've been wandering for a little bit. So you started playing color uh kind of when you joined which you said was about six ish years ago yes um when you started or you kind of realized you were going to start this this paragon path not quite paragon path but like you were going to do more of the color stuff because you said you didn't really strive for paragon um what were three things that you wish you knew when you started kind of on the color path um i don't know that oh, i don't oh. Um, <laughs> here's the thing is, is, is I didn't, unlike the other classes where, hmm. you know, the Paragon is kind of part and partial. That's, that's the one thing that you can always strive for is it's in the rule book without any kind of mental acrobatics in terms of, well, you can affect the battlefield this mm -hmm. way kind of thing, which is how we started the conversation today. Yep. Um, you know, it's strive to be a paragon it landed in my lap it was a complete shock i had no idea that it was coming to me i mm -hmm. had no idea what it meant after it was handed to me and i saw it as you know well now i can use this and kind of educate people on what color could be and 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 help others kind of define for themselves what what color is mm -hmm. um so uh, so what what if we reword the question 
Okay. What if we go, right. if you have a new baby color in front of you that they want to achieve Paragon color, what are three things you're going to tell them to strive for? Okay. This, this, okay. This I can answer because I actually do have, um, basically anyone who's wearing a rainbow ish colored sash has probably been influenced by me in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. Um, and are probably trying to strive or have already achieved Paragon color in their team. Mm -hmm. Bonnie, we love you. We miss you. Sorry that you're not here. Yeah. <laughs> rip her internet um Darn what Ontario. I told them <laughs> Santa <laughs> uh, it was from the pre-show pre uh, we'll put that in the bloopers at the end <laughs> I'm editing for you in my head great I don't do much <laughs> editing it just kind of I'm just like it's the show throw some caps on the end and we're good oh goodness <laughs> so none of this is getting it oh wow okay it's all um, goes through <laughs> Um, no, but what I've told them is color, unlike warrior, unlike scout, unlike barbarian, unlike monk, that have these kind of battlefield roles already kind of built into the core of what it means to be that class. Mm -hmm. um, as soon as you put on that purple sash or that red sash, people are going to expect certain things from your play style. With color you're anything you want to be mm -hmm. if you want to be a battlefield color then you've got to find a way to safely for yourself and everyone around you interact with the battlefield you've got to negotiate with the reeves to make sure that it's going to fit within the scope and feel of the game that they're trying to run and and use for that particular day mm -hmm. And you've got to know when they go, uh, it really won't work to step back and go, okay, no problem. And let your role play, let your character be in service to the story that they're trying to tell and, and the fun that they're trying to give others. Mm -hmm. um, so have fun. Do what makes you happy. Mm -hmm. Because the other classes are doing that. You know, the person who Paragon's bard probably went on that path because they really liked bard mm -hmm. and they don't like barbarian or they don't like warrior or whatever you know they just they don't like the style that that class gives them and so color's no different find the thing that you like find the thing that gives you joy when you step on the field to do whatever it is you're going to do and then just do it unapologetically because that warrior in six points of plate mail crashing through the front line is doing so unapologetically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I wrecked your <laughs> face. Not sorry. I mean, if they hit you in the head, they should be a little sorry, but uh, yes, if, if mean, they're, if, yeah, if they've got more points of armor than you and they have decent stick, they're yeah. going to probably go through you. It's very hard to stop them. Yeah, they're going to wreck your face. Um, then they won't apologize for wrecking your face. They're going to be like, get good, son. No, I mean, they don't have time. They've got to kill the next person and then the next You've person. They've got to wreck more face, yeah. They, <laughs> their job, they keep going. Um, okay, three um, things. Yeah. Oh, oh, so that was one. Oh, that God. was one. That was one. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to come up with two more. You could, We could live, um, we could sit with that. I mean... Okay, so find the thing that you love. Do mm -hmm. that. Do it unapologetically. Um, remember that the color class, regardless of how it's, people see it, 
-hmm. the rule book defines it as the thing that brings life and and color to the game. Mm -hmm. So whatever it is that you're doing, it should bring life, beauty, color to the game. Mm -hmm. And and that word beauty isn't, oh, it always has to look beautiful and you have to have the best makeup. Mm -hmm. No, you could be an ugly, dingy troll. Like, Mm -hmm. cover yourself in mud and... <laughs> you know, yeah. There's beauty in that because mm-hmm. that ugliness that you're portraying, if you portray it to the point where you get that immediate knee-jerk repulsion from the people around you, that's amazing acting. Mm-hmm. That there's beauty to be found in that, and the juxtaposition of that against you know, the fairy that is all sparkles and bright colors and chiming bells, it makes that look so much more mm-hmm. for having the dinge. So, you know, make it beautiful. Make mm-hmm. it bring life. Um, I guess the last thing would be you don't need to put an effect on to play your character. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have an accent. You don't have to change the way you speak. Um, I've been playing Catrice Chacon for <laughs> 30 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, she was a different person than I was when I created her back in high school. Um, but through her, I gained my own personal sense of self-worth and strength and comfort in handling things. And so when in my real life, I come up to a situation that makes me feel uncomfortable, I don't face it as myself. I face it as Katrisa because she's stronger. Mm-hmm. And so you, you don't have to make that character such a huge departure from yourself that you, you can't draw on the strength of that character when you need it in your real life and, and let that happen. Mm-hmm. And vice versa, let the strengths of who you are in your real life propagate down into the character that you're playing. I ended up right after high school being a waitress at a cocktail bar with a tray, mm-hmm. running beers out to drunk people, making sure that they didn't get too drunk. And when they did, I would tell my bouncer and he would politely escort them out. And it's really no different than watching out for people with hydration and if someone's getting too rowdy or not taking care of themselves or looking injured i either ask them to step off the field with me and if they refuse or don't want to listen i tell the reeve and the reeve Mm -hmm. will do it art mimics life life mimics art Mm -hmm. and color class is one of the best places to play with that Mm -hmm. i guess those are my three things that that works for a while it was awesome um (laughs) It's a very free class because there is no, like all the other classes are like, all right, so th- this is kind of where it fits, but you can be outside of the box a little bit or inside the box. Like they, they give a guideline, but it's not super specific. Um, right. Color is just like, um, we don't have walls. Just We don't have walls. There's no lines stuff. to color inside of. Have fun. Right. Here's the crayon box and the markers and the highlighters and the pencil colors and the paints and the sparkles and the glitter and the glue and the have fun everything else just go just go <laughs> just just do it um yeah i really like those those are very uh i think those are excellent recommendations and and uh guidance for new colors coming into the game um or that want to start the the paragon path towards color 
Um, in in so far as that you're trying to get the Paragon Path through affecting combat. Mm -hmm. I do know that there's other kingdoms that award their Paragons for service aspect things. And while, yes, the hydration that I did could be considered a form of service, um, and, and that's really what I was kind of, was my focus was to, to keep people playing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my, my shift is... is my focus has shifted just slightly to try to make it more combat oriented because of the, the aforementioned uh, battle master. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, for, for those colors that are trying to do battle pathy kind of things with color, um, that first thing of, you know, finding where you're going to fit on the battlefield and talking to the Reeve and being open about it applies. Um, the other things is all colors in general, mm -hmm. regardless of, Right, because each kingdom is going to identify what a paragon color is uh, set, kind of in their own terms, um, yeah. which is partially why we have different kingdoms. They have the availability to have their own ideas about sure. certain standards, things like that. And uh, as color, paragon color specifically is more controversial in different kingdoms than it is in other locations, or it's just completely like some kingdoms will not recognize it other kingdoms yeah. are discussing it ck has recognized it nine blades has recognized it um i want to say there's another one never winter i think has never winter done Although it too I, I okay i i was talking with a couple monarchs um throughout the, the past several years since getting my, my color paragon mm -hmm. about people that i had heard and been interacting with for paragon color and the first conversation I had with the first monarch, the feedback was, "Color Paragon? That's that's another thing." To you know, mm -hmm. just recently, the the current monarch, current, the one that just happened. I, I don't remember my time frame. <laughs> it's been a long summer. It has been. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, COVID. Yeah. Um, we'll just blame that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do with my students. I mean, teaching is rough right now. That's, that's, you got a, a lot of stress on you for that. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, no, so hit that, the, the current ish monarch at Neverwinter, um, mm -hmm. when speaking about Paragon color, um, the conversation was much more, you know, I, I want to find out how it fits in the kingdom and it's definitely something I want to mm -hmm. recognize, but I want to make sure it's the right person. And so, you know, there's, there's definitely turnaround in kingdoms that historically were, no, that's not a thing. What are you talking mm -hmm. about? Get out of here. So, I mean, that's, that's good. Yeah, it's it's gonna. I mean, it, my it's, standpoint anyway. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that is contained within the rules if you read them a certain way, and mm -hmm. uh, that's what people traditionally call gray areas. And all kingdoms identify gray areas differently. Uh, yeah. Polaris likes to find gray areas and then not make them gray areas anymore to, by defining them very specifically in Arcapora. Uh, other kingdoms I know just go meh and then keep going. It, it depends on which kingdom you're from, how your how your meta slash politics work. That's a very broad area, but uh, if you're going for it, I'd talk with your monarchy about what their perception of it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, you want to know the amount of times I talked to my monarchy about what I was doing with color on the field? Zero time. I mean, obviously somebody wanted to give it to you. They did. Yeah. And uh, they have a precedent for it now. And yes. 
that that means that it's going to be easier to hand out. It's much harder to hand out the first one than it is to hand out the second, the third, the fourth. Agreed, agreed. But mm -hmm. if you find yourself in the kingdom where colors are just like, oh, that's that's the girls' class, or that's the non-fighters' class, or that's just, mm -hmm. oh, because you were just here, it's attendance credit, it doesn't mean anything. But you want it to mean something, then those three things that I mentioned, uh, the big one being find the thing that you love and do it and do it unapologetically. Mm -hmm. um, that was that was literally the path that I took when I decided I was going to hydrate the kingdom level um, was in response to the way I saw hydration being run, mm -hmm. which was older players who would sit, you know, well, my chair's about to fall, like mm, mm -hmm. in the shade, Fanny talking, get some water. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had been on my home field actively hydrating my home park and sawing that just made me go, that's not how this should work. Right. It could be better. Mm -hmm. And so I went, hi, can I set up my water station near you? And they're like, sure. Whipped out my table, whipped out my igloo, filled everything up and walked out to the field. And I remember distinctly hearing behind me them go, what is she doing? Why is she going on the field? Someone's going to hit her. I mean, that's a risk you take when you get on the field, but like. I'm wavered. Right. I grew up in this game. I, I used to fight V6, mm -hmm. but I used to fight. I played a barbarian and I played a scout and a warrior and a sword. Uh, no, I didn't play monk. I played monk recently. A uh, monster class, a uh, unicorn, mm -hmm. um, bard, <laughs> a druid. Like, you mm -hmm. know, I, I played. I got hit. Mm -hmm. I know how to take my hit. I'm not afraid. And so I went out and I actively hydrated. And mm -hmm. the days of drop a case of water bottles on a table or in the grass and be like, there's some water, get it when you're thirsty. And then it never gets spoken of again are all but gone in my kingdom. That's and good. Place now with people actively looking to hydrate. Mm -hmm. Bids now, autocrats are now seeking me out and going we'd like to get a hydration bid going, mm -hmm. you know, can you, hi can you hydrocrat this event? If you can't, can you get some people that you would recommend to say yes and sign on? Will you be on standby if they've got any questions or concerns? Can you mentor? Can you, mm -hmm. you know, so uh, these are all positives, especially in Texas where the sun is actively trying to kill you. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. All over Texas. I mean, some parts of Texas are hotter than other parts of Texas, but that doesn't matter. It's all hot. All of it is hot. Yeah. Um, it, it, there's a lot of hot states, and they all need more water. Um, yeah. So, yeah, if you're in a kingdom where, where the colors are pushed aside mm -hmm. uh, and, and you want them not to be pushed aside, then just do it. And, you know, people are going to stand up and take notice, especially if, you know, you're just do it with a smile you're doing it because you love it and you don't really care whether or not they recognize you for it you're doing it because that's how you want to play this game mm -hmm. and maybe someday they'll they'll change their mind maybe see before me the last paragon color in ck was like 20 something years ago it was two decades between me and the paragon before me that would have been a, a master color at that point yeah it would have been master color yeah well, I mean, everything I before V8 was master. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I don't know who it was and I don't know what it was for, but I do know that afterwards when I was, you know, looking at my award and kind of going, whoa, it was like, this. and then the golden dragon also for that mm -hmm. was decades between. And now they've, these have been handed out a bit more frequently. So <laughs> you can be the change. Right. So if you want something to change, just, just do it. Because mm -hmm. um, you love it. So you did a lot of, we've been talking about it very much, very commonly right now, uh, the, the hydration. And you started on smaller fields and you moved to larger fields. Um, in general, in hydration and in any combat color, uh, how do you make changes when the field size changes? So for hydration, mm -hmm. um, definitely getting others to hydrate with you when the field gets big is the biggest change. Um, when it's a small field of, you know, 15, 20 players, I can do it by myself. You know, I run out with water and, you know, give people a drink and then mm -hmm. circle back and wait a couple minutes, watch a couple throws, then circle back around and repeat, rinse and repeat. Spring war, when the team sizes are 100, 150, mm -hmm. um, you know, and you've got the meat grinder in the very center where literally there's 100 plus people mm -hmm. in a 100 foot radius area fighting basically constantly, mm -hmm. it it changes. You, you kind of circle the field in kind of this spiral where you kind of dip toward the center and you're kind of orbiting. Mm -hmm. um, and having two people kind of orbiting opposite each other so that the hydration people never get too close to each other. They're always almost opposite the fields each other. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of moving back and forth was one of the big changes that I made. Um, uh, originally, I had spoken of the, the tray with the shot glasses and everyone taking shots. Um, and as the field sizes got bigger, I switched to sports bottles, mm -hmm. um, very much like sideline NFL where you squirt it through the helmet slats and then they run back on the field. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a huge change. And the conversation now, uh, one of my pages um, also trying to follow in the footsteps of combat color, um, trying to do hydration. She's playing with this idea of almost like a backpack camel thing. Mm -hmm. But instead of the camel where you kind of slurp the water on your own, having squirt guns like ah. a bar tap bar bar tap yeah bartender where you squirt having one of those and dual wielding water so she literally walks by and can and hydrate two three people at a time i like I that i had no idea how that would work she brought this to me and i went do that it. is one of the best ideas i've ever heard do, do it. it i don't know how to do it but do it i don't know know how to do it i don't know where to start i don't know where to i guess you start at grabbing one of those camel backpack things uh, and then yeah. the bartender keg things and you see how to slice them together and i don't know but i, I mean I there's mean, yeah the, you're gonna have to play with a lot of things but that's essentially per, like advancing your equipment it's the same thing as a, a, a any of the armored classes modifying their armors to be better no, for them it's <laughs> No, no, no. It, it's less modifying the armor. This shift is very much the thick wall PVC carpet foam duct tape days to kites bar PVC. Mm -hmm. It's that shift in technology that she's already talking about mm -hmm. for hydration, active right. hydration on the field. And it is so exciting. The fact that 
that she thought of this and I was and and she came to me going is do you think this is a good idea I'm like of course it's a good idea go do it <laughs> so before I steal uh huggy at keep this year brought a little handheld drill that had an attachment that turned it into a fan like a real a real high powered little air blower and that was fantastic uh i'm betting like handheld air pumps would allow you to pressurize the 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 bag of water, water. and then allow you to squirt it out through a hose of some kind and that just requires a chargeable battery. Like that's not—it's expensive because yeah. you're getting a chargeable drill or air pressure pump or whatever. So that's not that cheap, but it's yeah. still an option. Uh, well, I mean, if we <laughs> compare that to, you know, a smiley foam work sword that runs what fifty, sixty dollars, mm -hmm. um, and then you compare that to plate mail, which can run in the thousands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, What's a couple hundred dollars for a really great hydration system? That's also repetitively reusable and doesn't have to be fixed and oiled every single time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It'll break down. I mean, I mean, but so do weapons. So right. Summer. It'll break I down mean, a lot it's, slower. It's our kit. Right. It, and it's our kit. It's it's. If you're talking about class kits, you know the wizards have their spell balls and mm -hmm. their strips, and warriors have their armor and their swords and their shields and hydration. Combat colors will have rechargeable battery high powered <laughs> super soakers. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah, sure. Whatever works. Yeah, so I'm excited. Whatever works. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, I'm excited. Okay, so uh, on the smaller fields, you were you're mostly doing it by yourself, trying to balance things out. Larger fields, you need more assistance, and then you try to organize better. Kind of a summary of what we just went over. Yes. Um, are there any mistakes that either you made or you saw other people make and things like that that you think people should avoid if they're trying to take the Paragon path towards color? Um. Okay, in terms of hydration... Um, some big mistakes would be overhydrating. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds weird in the you need to drink more water because the sun is trying to kill you mm -hmm. conversation. But, you know, there is a thing of, of bloat, especially if you're doing active hydration and it's happening in the middle of a combat. You don't want them to get a belly full of water and then try to run and slosh around. They're going to vomit and that's going to dehydrate them faster and make mm -hmm. it worse. Mm -hmm. And so you need to help them moderate they're drinking basically and limit it to you know a mouthful or two mm -hmm. during combat and after the fighting's over they can go to the hydration station and they can guzzle a bottle of water which their body will desperately need by then and get a good 8 mm -hmm. 16 ounces at one go right. they should not have more than 4 ounces at a time like mm -hmm. half a cup at a time during active combat mm -hmm. um and I, I know that I I may have overhydrated a few people kind of in the early days. It's it's I a, mean I didn't know what I was doing. Right. And it, so it's a weird skill that if there I've been learning very rapidly, uh, which is I mean, more recently I've been re learning that Ampguard is Ampguard combat is so similar to a sport in a lot of aspects, but it that if you didn't have that background of sports, you don't learn all these things. Like 
intrinsically i know i can't drink i can't drink an entire bottle of water right in the middle of combat that's not good for me i know like the the yeah right the stretching the the um like what i can and can't eat what foods and things like that different ways to like react and feel like a bunch of these things that you learn naturally through playing a bunch of sports over years and years and years and years uh, we have to like quickly train our people because we're like, all right, we're going to put you in 60 pounds of armor. You're going to go sprint at that dude and you're going to try to hit him with a stick. And they've never done anything like that before. And it's terrible because they feel bad afterwards. And it's like, oh, why? Because they didn't pace themselves. They didn't stretch. They, they let the adrenaline get the best of them. And they're like, I can run in 60 pounds of armor unless yeah, you train I'm, for it. Yeah, I, I'm currently hitting the gym and trying to rebuild endurance. I spent the last six years working on a PhD, which means my days would be spent coming home from work, eating quickly with family, and then sitting at my computer for four more hours yeah. to try to figure out what I was even talking about half the time. Um, it's a PhD so in education? I, it's a PhD in education, yeah. That's, 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 uh, that's a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's uh, um, and it's it also, it's also one of the few ones that come with the tag of you have to keep it up, like yes. your teaching license. You have to teach. My mom was a math. She had a master's degree in education after getting two other degrees in different things. Then realizing teaching was her calling. Uh, <laughs> hmm, not familiar at all. <laughs> it's it's a lot of work, but that work ethic mentality behind it of like I got to get this done, and especially when you actually get handed your own classroom, you don't have someone watching over you the whole time you are the person in charge you're like the you reeve. yeah yes and you're the reeve and the monarch at the same time and the <laughs> chancellor and doing all the guard of it. and the court jester and the knight and yeah all at the same time mm -hmm. <laughs> and that that work ethic and that mentality of like uh, go uh will get you far in amp guard as well uh it'll also get you far in real life they very often are i mean if you go look at the successful amp guarders, like they have multiple belts, they do a lot of things, they have a lot of awards. They often also have a successful work life behind it because that work ethic crosses over and it's not just a, uh, I play hard, I work hard. It, it's a whole lifestyle behind it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm in the process now that I have, you know, energy again, mm -hmm. because I'm not doing 20 hour days. Yeah. <laughs> of constant thinking um i'm starting to work out again so that i can i can be more active on the field and, and see about doing that combat color that we talked about at the kind of mm -hmm. the onset of the conversation um you know but yeah definitely we're we're a sport and you know if if i hadn't done some sports in junior high if i hadn't been on a roller derby team if i hadn't gone through education and, and tried to figure this stuff out i I know that I would hurt myself. Mm -hmm. I have hurt myself in Spring Wars. Yeah, don't. That's the next thing is um, don't don't overdo yourself either. If you're actively hydrating mm -hmm. a field of 300 people by yourself, you and then doing the Friday night beer pong tournament and hydrating that too because, <laughs> um, you know we want them to be able to play again the the next day, mm -hmm. and not hungover. And hungover is basically just dehydration. So you then have to switch gears to convincing people to drink a little bit of water mm -hmm. so that they don't overdo it in the middle of combat to drinking any amount of water because mm -hmm. dear god we don't want you this drunk and hung over the next day um yes 
yeah and then again turns those days into you know getting up at six or seven in the morning to run into town to get breakfast for you and your camp and mm -hmm. fresh ice and you know if you run out of pickles or grapes or oranges or any of those other mm -hmm. things loading all that back up bringing it all back to field delivering breakfast eating breakfast yourself maybe yes mm -hmm. you should do that and remembering to do that is very difficult mm -hmm. um, and then resetting up the hydration station from the night before because you have to leave on spring war because there's midnight ditching that happens until like mm -hmm. four in the morning yep um you have to leave the hydration station open mm -hmm. and i tried to hydrate those midnight ditches and quickly found i could not keep up with it so they're they're big yeah they're big and after a full day of hydrating you know a meat grinder mm -hmm. and then catching a small break for dinner and then hydrating the drinking games or carnival or whatever's happening that mm -hmm. night um and then trying to hydrate the midnight ditch field by yourself um yeah i my ankles were super swollen. I had to take a couple of days off of work the following week because I could not walk. Um, yep. My husband was very upset with me that I was taking care of everyone else and not myself. Yep. Take care of yourself. Uh, yeah. Because we're a bunch of nerds and we don't know how to take care of ourselves. <laughs> no, we're terrible. <laughs> we're really bad. We are. So tell you what, I'll take care of you guys with the hydration. If you guys will remind me to like sit down every once in a while. I mean, I would demand anytime I'm a hydrate, like a uh, hydrocrat, that I get a cart because that just, especially the old, the old Springmore site, uh -huh. it, you definitely needed a cart to get up and down that hill like yes. nine times in a day, unless you were, you know, uh, military trained and running all the time. Yeah, I I ended up. Um, demanding that I be allowed to keep my truck mm -hmm. field side. Yeah. Um, they, they were starting to tow people that were field side mm -hmm. um, that weren't with handicap blackguards. And I was one of the few. And I remember people go, why is, why did she get her truck? And I'm like, I'm giving you water. And the hydration station is literally the bed of my truck. <laughs> Come at me. Safety. Safety? Like that's... <laughs> Do you want to drink water? Yes. <laughs> Good. You want to be alive at the end of this? Awesome. Truck stays. Awesome. My truck stays here. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. Take care of yourself. Yep. I think the other aspect of that is don't be afraid to fight for the tools you need. Yes. So oh, that, that you have them. Thing. Yeah, that was a huge thing. Um, the first several kingdom level hydrations were out of my own pocket, mm -hmm. to the tune of about two hundred, two hundred fifty dollars mm -hmm. for a weekend. Yeah. Spring War was more than that. And yeah, I would imagine. After, I've seen Spring yeah. War's budget. It's um, stupid it's big. <laughs> yeah. But it's where our kingdom makes our money. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. So COVID with no Spring War really hurt the coffers. Hang yeah. On, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the color girl thing. I'm sorry. I'm a little <laughs> shiny. There Again. we go. There we go. That's better. I'm starting to be able to see my face. <laughs> um yeah so you definitely fight for the tools that you need mm -hmm. um, especially if you're gonna do hydration it's it's not cheap um you know and the crap can find the budget for it um something you it can go out of the war budget mm -hmm. you know so the, the war crap does not need 
$2,000 for a shiny new castle. They can make do with, you know, $1,500 and they can give 500 of it to have a really great hydration station that'll mm -hmm. cover all the ice, all the water, ice chests, igloos, and those ice chests and igloo things are totally reusable. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the consumables... They don't right. add up. I mean, the consumables don't add up to be that much. Once you get the initial materials, like your the igloos, yeah. the tables, uh, any like um, sports bottles that you're gonna yeah, use, all that stuff, it lasts for a while. I mean, yeah. at least two or three years. Yeah, take care of it. Don't let it get moldy in storage. No, I'm not staring at anyone in particular that may have cost me a few igloos to black mold like in storage. A spray bottle with like an ounce of bleach and the rest water. Just spray it in the igloo, and it and let it dry yeah. before you close it and put it in storage. Right, is all that needs to happen. Yeah, it's not much. It's not much. It is. It is a trick to to know how much cleaning things you can put into them, depending if they're like if they're just like the ice igloos where you're you know you're putting in ice and water and stuff like that. You can just like slosh bleach around it there and then like dry it out wipe it out and you'll be fine you're good uh but let everything dry completely please mm -hmm. for the love of god um yeah so the, the initial cost of you know a table or a pavilion or you know your igloos your things mm -hmm. that that gets pricey and you can get donations you can get you know people want orders of the rose but don't want to actively do anything have them donate an igloo and give them an order of the rose. Like, mm. done. Easy. Also, yeah. Spring Wars budget can afford a couple igloos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's where I got most of my kingdom level supplies was, mm -hmm. was I had a couple Spring Wars where the autocrat really put in for me and said, you know, tell me exactly what you need to make this the hydration station of your dreams. Mm. And let me nickel and dime it down to where it still gives you what you want and what you need but doesn't break the bank and when i turned in my first one i seriously my husband was yelling at me he was like no add more no add more add more and i'm like no this is getting really pricey it's like already 300 dollars. <laughs> i don't think i can it's like add more so i turned it in it was like 600 they're like oh yeah we can do all of that I was like, mm -hmm. i'm as someone about to run an event or I put it. I have a bid coming in for the event. Event and uh, finding a thousand dollars for like hydration for the whole weekend is not that difficult. When you're looking at, you're like, ah, uh, I could cut seventy five cents a head from one meal, and then throw all of that money at hydration. You're like, oh look, there's like six hundred dollars. There you go. Magic. It's magic. <laughs> it's it's accounting magic, and it's. I mean, a lot of that is just knowledge, knowing if you've never run an event before, you've never really thought about all of the little things that need to go into it. Sometimes you need the hydratocrat to be like, hey, I need like $80 for pickles. And like, why pickles? Electrolytes. Yeah, done. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, in terms of, because there was another flip side to this, because I, I took that very hydration. Mm -hmm. uh, don't be afraid to fight for the things that you need in order to make your thing happen so hydration mm -hmm. we talked about um if you're doing color in terms of i don't know providing entertainment for court and mm -hmm. you know you need i don't know flags to twirl or something mm -hmm. 
know, it's fight for that. If that's, if that's something you can't craft, something that you can't afford, but it's a service that you're going to provide over and over for the kingdom, you know, maybe that's something you talk to the region about and be mm -hmm. like, hey, can you run an ANS and ask people to craft these certain things and donate for kingdom? Um, not only would they get recognition for their ANS and their crafting, but maybe, you know, throw them a rose for the donation. Mm -hmm. And we can use that to spice up this. Mm -hmm. You know, um, definitely the set dressers, uh, even in mm -hmm. medieval times, you know, the, the feastocrats didn't just handle the food, but they had to do the place settings, the table settings at the mm -hmm. high table. And I think, especially in CK, we've lost that pageantry somewhere along the way. I mean, you guys have a lot of mouths to feed. Yeah, we do. But uh, there is something to be said about even just getting some banners along the side, um, uh, adding actual tablecloth, not like cloth tablecloth, like even plasticky throwaway ones that are like 99 cents or whatever. Mm -hmm. They add a little bit of extra to it. it they make oh, cleanup easier. Yes, they do. Oh, yes, 100%. And depending on if you have access to a large uh if you have access to a laundromat that's going to be able to do it you could do cloth ones they're reusable over and over again it it really depends on how far you're willing to go i know uh sir cuball made these giant 10 foot banners that have the polaris heraldry on them and they have white rose and red rose for when michael did the war of the roses theme and we whip those out every once in a while and we want to be fancy and just like just adding those two banners to a room make the whole room feel infinitely more amp guardy yeah and and you'll notice that people start acting differently mm -hmm. they start role playing again you know they they see the banners on the walls they see that and suddenly their imaginations revert to what we want them to be and now they're not just in you know, some county or state park, whatever feast hall. Yeah. We're suddenly in Lord so and so's castle and blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's like, oh my lord, your warhound is a a little feisty today. Yes, <laughs> he is. Yep, 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 yep. Just the which little is, things. Which is, which is all of which is color. All of that is color. Right. So if if being you know if you're looking at this as a color class. And, you know, we've spent all this time talking about on-field, battlefield, hydration, active stuff. And you're like, but I have a disability or I, I, I could get hurt easily or I'm just intimidated by that many moving bodies mm -hmm. in my general vicinity. There's nothing that says that you can't be that person that brings that life, color, and beauty back to our game. Mm -hmm. And in CK, I know that we could desperately use someone who spearhead that and, and bring that pageantry back consistently. Because mm -hmm. we, we see it in spurts, you know. The the high table was, was nicely dressed, um, the past event that we went to, mm -hmm. uh, uh, mid-rain, um, not oh, too yeah. long ago. So, so it was very pretty, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and Spring War sometimes has has nice stuff. The, the last one was, was nice, but... Mm -hmm. I mean, overall and in general, from what I remember it, you know, in, in my youth to looking at now, I'm like, we, we could, we could probably do better, mm -hmm. but it's, it's going to take, you know, going to take that person to do it unapologetically. Mm -hmm. And push for it and, and organize things like that. And that's, 
Uh, and made people come to expect it. That's the thing is changing people's expectations. Yes. Because I, I think that was one of the biggest things that got the kingdom maybe to recognize that me as Paragon for hydration was mm. that I working on the doctorate, doing this while working on the doctorate, <laughs> um, had to just not go to a couple events mm -hmm. because, you know, I've, I've got to knuckle down. I got to write this hundred page dissertation and, yeah. you know, present here and, and talk to this person. I just, I mm. can't, don't have the mental capacity to go to an event and, you know, would show up late and, you know, I would show up in civilian clothes going, I, I'm just here to say hi. Mm -hmm. I don't really, I can't really do anything else. I'm like, oh, thank God you're here. Do you have water? Like, <laughs> no. Not today. I don't even have garb on. I'm <laughs> sorry. I got nothing. It is. Um, this is a hobby. Like, it's a game. It's a hobby. We do have to recognize that this is a hobby and not be like, hey, so-and-so is willing to do this all the time. That is that doesn't work all the time. Yeah, you, you have to you have to recognize that people sometimes need to step back from this, mm -hmm. you know, and and they need to rest and recharge, and that that's okay, mm -hmm. you know. And but we we gotta nurture what we have, and and we realize that that something is missing when one person is gone. Follow that person's legacy and and, and keep them alive by. Oh, that sounded so morbid. I didn't mean it that way. No, keep but them... I, I keep them, keep keep that idea running. Keep the thing like it is. Yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, by, by genuine end. God words. I'm trying to think of a good example for it. Um, Lady A is a good example. She is taking a break. Lady Armstrong is uh, a really, really good crafter. She makes or Garber. She makes amazing tunics. Um. And she recently had to go on break because one of her kids is entering college. It's like, that's real life is first. This is a game. Uh, and she's now in Polaris. And one of our other members was like, well, I'm going to step up and do it and make more tunics. Just try to like fill the gap of Lady A's exactly. tunics. And it it's not, you have to do the exact same thing. You can, you can yeah. variate whatever, but. Make it, make it your own. It has to be something you love. Right. So if you're going to step in and fill that void, you don't need to replicate what came before. Not in terms of the detail. Replicate the spirit in which it was done. Mm -hmm. And it will be just as successful. Yes. Um, okay, so we went over... I'm looking at my notes too. <laughs> yeah. We went over mistakes to avoid. We, we've already talked about like the battlefield, the roles where you kind of fit and what you do. Um, are there any skills that you want to get better at in or out of the game? Yeah. Uh, we talked about it kind of at the beginning, mm -hmm. which was the, the tactician. Mm -hmm. uh, I've you know, been playing LARP, uh, Amp Guard adjacent stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm paired V6 under a different name. And then now some V7 and, and V8. Um, I've been doing this for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And so I've been watching battle for at least a decade. Mm -hmm. um, so I I want to take those things that I've kind of just absorbed through passively watching. <coughs> excuse me. And get better at being that tactician mm -hmm. by recognizing when a 
flank is faltering, when uh, center is getting weak, and then recognizing the players um, and being able to be like, okay, Dolan is playing his bard. Mm-hmm. He's really good at countering all of these things. What would give him trouble? Because he's on the other team, mm-hmm. you know, and then being able to then see who's on my team and go, okay, I think these three people could slow him down at least long enough for us to do something. So you mm-hmm. three go in deal with that you two go over there and if we're playing a game that has you know a life pool or a respawn you know where you have to wait for a certain number of people to respawn or, mm-hmm. or you know to just kind of control that flow and be that traffic director i think mm-hmm. it's not something i've ever actually done actively mm-hmm. i may have you know sat back in my armchair watching you know oh they really should have done this mm-hmm. or, you know talk to my husband after the fact and been like so when Thad did this, <laughs> do you think mm-hmm. he could have, you know, so-and-so should have done this instead? And, mm-hmm. You know, I, I've always just kind of eh, sort of thought about it. But now I, it's time for me to try to to actually do it and actually try to sway a battle. It's, I mean, that first layer is, is that first layer is recognizing, like, the lines and the shapes of battle. That second layer is recognizing the classes because we kind of add like in historical battle that you your classes are kind of just like footmen, cavalry, archers, and that's pretty much it. This is what you got. We've got no cavalry. Um, that'd be cool, but I really don't want to fight around a horse. No. Um, but we've got classes, so you look beyond that the shapes of battle to the the classes, and then. Once you're looking at players, you're looking three layers deep and having to always keep track of what's going on. When you're starting to look at it and you're like, okay, I know that uh, um, Diego is playing a scout and we don't have any other torches on our team. We need to shut him down magically because otherwise we need like eight people to take care of his stick. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's, It's a problem. He's good. He's got armor that fits. And he's going to move around a lot. So we've got to do something. When you start looking at that level, you're now recognizing. You're recognizing you can see the skirmishes and the individual fights, but you can also see the greater size. And once you're doing that, uh, adjusting the battle and figuring out what you need to do almost snaps into place. You kind of find the, the core of what's going on and who can do what and what can do what you need. And as you get better at it, you'll be able to feed back and forth of like do i need a specific player to take care of this class or this player specifically or do i need just a specific class or is it a shade and all that things like that and that's just practice i don't have any good answer for it yeah yeah and that's that's really just me going out there and doing it and mm-hmm. and i've started um i am participating on my local field i play one battle game a week which mm-hmm. is 100% more than I've ever played before. <laughs> um, I'm I'm playing Monk right now because um, I have found that, you know, in the years, my wrists have, and hands have gotten really weak. Mm-hmm. And so using a sword and a shield after a few swings gets physically painful for my hands, mm-hmm. and I can't do it. Same thing with bows. Uh, the gripping of it starts to hurt my wrists, and mm-hmm. I can't do it for extended periods of time. I don't have the physical strength to throw things. I am 
you cannot see it, but I am 250 pounds of round tubbiness, so I don't run because it's like jiggle, jiggle, jiggle. Um, so yeah, uh, the spear is something that right now I can physically manage, mm -hmm. uh, and the monk is is one of the few classes that uses a spear. Mm -hmm. So, and it's you know, uh, I think that is something that our our game has over a lot of other medium to high contact LARPs is that we allow we allow you to not necessarily have the physical abilities to like beat on someone but still have the ability to play our game I mean we literally a bard and wizard can both walk on the field with nothing and still be hyper effective yeah because they just have yeah. to yell at people they do I've I've got a bard built um which is like 20 something shoves mm -hmm. and yep. like Almost nothing else. <laughs> it's like I just shoves, dumped all my points into shove. Shoves, oz, terrors. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's all I've got mm -hmm. is, is that particular bard build. And, you know, I, I don't need a weapon. I don't need to swing at you. Right. I'm also, once you get in close to me, if I can't shove you out. Suppressions. I have suppressions. Mm -hmm. uh, once you get in close, I'm, I'm toast because I don't have a way to physically defend myself or escape or get out of the way and, and that's okay yeah. i mean there there's there are options for that and it's you got to find what works for you um yeah at least on the battlefield in the um so that's that's what i want to get better at is, right is my physicality so that i have the endurance to do running the message back mm -hmm. especially spring war size when we're looking at the 300 people on the field numbers again mm -hmm. hopefully that happens again 2022 we're looking forward to it you guys have got a site reserved i believe so yeah, actually beautiful we yeah because it's the the mid-range site yes the mid-range site nelty mm -hmm. island in seguin texas um it is beautiful um it's very shady compared to what we're used to that's good yes <laughs> oh yes like from a hydration standpoint i was like there's shade mm -hmm. a field this is amazing yeah because the <laughs> if you haven't been to spring war there's a hill with some trees and some trees and then it stops and that's the battlefield. And yep. it's like an ex wheat field. And there's no, nothing. It's a hay field. Is that what it is? There's nothing yeah. there. There's nothing there. It's open grass. And the few days leading up to spring war, they go in and mow it. Mm -hmm. And we purchase basically some of their hay bales to use as our, our stuff, our boundaries and our borders and, and things. It's um, a lot of fun, but it is it is in the sun. It's in the sun all the time, constantly. Yep. In the sun. <sighs> but yeah, yeah, Nelty Island has some beautiful shade, and it's wonderful, and it's lovely, and I'm very happy that we have it. Um, so I'm looking forward to... I'm looking forward to actually trying out Battlefield Tactician. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what you know, Night of Battle, the, the description of it was mm -hmm. for, was being able to use tactics in the field of battle and mm -hmm. i don't feel i need spell abilities or immunities or mm -hmm. armor or weapons to do that because you know what there were some generals who didn't have weapons mm -hmm. in history i you mean know, especially once we got to like renaissance and beyond they just started being communicative directors essentially yep they were backline generals mm -hmm. so i guess that's the skill and the thing I'm going to try to get better at is being a general. It's, that would be cool. It's, I would uh, like to be a general. 
uh it's interesting um i mean there's a lot of books you can go and read on it so that is the advantage uh it also isn't something you can just like idly practice in your your pastime like you kind of have to be paying attention to it instead of other like if you have an ability or whatever you can kind of just like say it to yourself over and over again until you get fast this takes a lot more active like okay i've got two lines lined up and it's a lot of work um yeah it's gonna be a lot of work especially for me um especially in the particular province that i'm in which is not a very populated province we're not like traders gate that has Mm -hmm. you know in their heyday, they were boasting numbers of 40 or 50 players a weekend, active players showing mm-hmm. up. You know, they were basically small kingdom events every single weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my group is lucky to have 15 players. You know, we're, we're barely bearing any numbers. And I know that that's, that sounds like, oh, poor thing. No, like everyone is dealing with that. We get it. You're well, not special. No, but that is a, that is a, uh, it's a little over average. The average park yeah, in Ampgard is a barony. Right, which is twelve. Yeah, well, where depends on your kingdom. Oh, it does. DK, it's twelve. Um, hi. <laughs> <laughs> it... Um, yeah. So we're we're barely at barony numbers. So mm-hmm. we're at about a dozen people, twelve to fifteen. Mm-hmm. Good weekend, we'll hit twenty ish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we used to be, you know, Traders Gate numbers. We used to be, you know, thirty, forty. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, COVID happened, and you know. Yep. Got to rebuild on that yearly basis. So I don't, I don't have a field that I can practice as big. You, I mean, you can still practice on the small fields. It's just, uh, it's it's, different. It is different because your, your calculations move away. Every person, every body means so much more than they do on a large field. And it's, I almost want to say it's higher stakes because it, it feels much more similar to, um, like Age of Empire styles, where you're moving large, you're you're you have one icon and it indicates like thirty people. That's kind of what you're doing. You're risking all thirty people on one move, because um, yeah. you're only doing twelve v twelve instead of a hundred v a hundred. So yeah, well we're doing you know some days we're doing three v threes. That so. that is a great place to learn the shape of battle. <laughs> three people. Yeah. Uh, hi. Today we're going to learn how to split down the middle, hammer and anvil. <laughs> I was at um, Crimson Circle, which is Green Bay, Wisconsin, uh, last weekend, and we did about 45 minutes of just four of us practicing 2v2s uh, with a, a sword and board and a Pullman. That was the that was 45 minutes just practicing, working around that. You can learn skirmishes and everything every time. You just have to have people to do it with you. You can't do it solo. <laughs> Yeah, I think that the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to st- normally my husband and um, our champion, both of whom are accomplished mm-hmm. field fighters, they usually balance the teams. Mm-hmm. So I think um, my next steps is to go in and sit next to them while they're balancing and watch how they balance and then watch the battlefield and watch how that balance interacted and mm-hmm. then kind of pick their brains and be like, okay, so why did you counter this person? With- mm-hmm. What was your thought process on that? And, and where did you go? And then give it a go and mm-hmm. ask you know a couple weekends from now hey can i try to balance the teams yep <sighs> where the joke is you don't want me balancing teams because i am notoriously trash at balance but you gotta practice to work on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you gotta that's practice what, you'll get better that's at what it. i'm gonna focus on and get better at 
awesome. Um, so the we have a question that we always ask all the Paragons, and in this class, uh, I don't think it actually applies because the class is basically about creating fun and sustainability. So normally we ask, how do you get better and not ruin people's fun? Because that's the like the ultimate thing when you're playing a class, you become oppressive. It's hard to become oppressive when your whole job is to make the game better. <laughs> um. Okay, well, maybe you can get oppressive by stepping on people's toes. Mm -hmm. You know, so if as a color you are constantly taking over feeding people. Mm -hmm. But this is an event time. That's the feastocrats' job. You're stepping on their toes. Mm -hmm. And they have volunteered to be feastocrat because for them in that moment, that's their fun. Mm -hmm. That's what's bringing them joy for that event is to do that hard work. And if you come in and take over you're ruining their fun. Mm. So even though you may be getting better at being a feastocrat, you're ruining their fun. Mm -hmm. So it, it still applies. You can still try to better yourself as a color class and ruin someone's fun. And that happens when you overstep your boundaries. Okay. So knowing your boundaries is a good way to not ruin people's fun. Yep. Um, is there other ways that you'd be able to to or should be aware of so that you're not stepping over boundaries or is it mostly you have to watch your boundaries and make sure that your color service is not bleeding into other services and stopping them from being able to utilize their time um, okay so i i had told the story earlier of how i started where where i noticed how hydration was being run and i went i don't like it mm -hmm. and so i i basically stepped on their toes i did exactly what i said we shouldn't do um and i they stopped hydrating that that entire group of people i haven't seen those people and so it keeps me up at night i wonder i worry did i push out x number of players do they not want to come back to their field because i made them feel unwelcome because i got annoyed with how they were doing something and i wanted to do better because i wanted mm -hmm. to protect my friends and my family like did I ruin their fun to the point where they don't come back? Mm -hmm. I don't know because I, I don't have contact with them. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really fully remember names anymore because this was going on half a decade ago now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of school has happened since then yeah. in my brain. <laughs> You've got a bunch um, of different names in your head. Bunch of different names. Um, so if you're watching, if you were one of those people and you remember that moment, um, and if I did do that to you, and here's where I break down and become emotional, I'm very <laughs> sorry. Um, it wasn't my intention to push you out to make you stop having fun. And so if, if I did, mia culpa, my bad, I'm sorry. Well, so that, that it brings up another point. You can, if you realize you're stepping on people's toes, or you think you might be stepping on people's toes, um, trying to bring them into what you're doing or allow them to direct you. I know, um, I want to say it was a couple of years ago, we didn't have Trashocrat as like a standard person. It was just part of Securocrat or something else or Cytocrat. And one of our members very kind of pointedly was like, I want to do that role because I'm good at it. I know how to do it. 
And they went to whoever was in charge of it and was like, this is what I want to do. I want to help, but I don't want to like steal your thunder, whatever. Yeah. Um, working with people is going to make your job easier. If they're not willing to work with you and they're doing it wrong, you might have to step on their toes. But yeah. <laughs> that's part of our game. We don't have a great overwatch. Like we don't have somebody watching over us all the time. So it's up to all of us to keep everybody on track and uh, doing the right thing and being safe. So yeah, uh, <laughs> we can't have a hydration to Kratz handing out beer all the time. That doesn't help no. anybody. <laughs> no, uh, in, in fact, quite the opposite. There was the, the Friday night drinking at Spring War. Um, and I went down with my tray of drinks and I made them look like jello shots. And so they looked like jello shots, but they were perfectly clear because it was water. Yeah. And, you know, so I'd go, hey, you want a shot? Do a shot with me. I'll do a shot with you. Let's do shots. Let's do shots. Shots, shots, shots. And so I'd get this whole ring of people, shots, shots, shots. And we go, okay. And they'd all take a drink and invariably they'd go, oh, you're the hydration. Oh, that was water. No, that's good. I need it. You know what? Give me some more water. <laughs> Tricking people into drinking correctly. Matt, that's awesome. Oh, that was great. <laughs> I don't know why I told the story, but it was fun. No, it's that's it's a it's a beautiful example of utilizing the color to yeah. do your job right, <laughs> which is making sure people don't pass out drunk uh, where and they should. They're not so hung over the next morning that they can't play in the early Ironmans mm -hmm. at ten a.m. It's it's weird to say. Just, hold on. There are like four torches you can watch and you know that they're still going to be up for the Iron Man, but they're also going to drink their brains out. And Yeah, they're going to float the keg. They're going to finish off the Jim Bean or the Jack Daniels or whatever hard liquor they're doing that night. And they're still going to whoop your ass on the... I'm they... sorry, can I... No, you're completely swear. I hit the explicit button. We're good. The... Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it is... I've partied with torches before because my... my... Squ uh, my knight is the is Emhog, so he's the the right. squire, the torch friend, whatever. He's friends of torches, and right. uh, yeah, I've witnessed four or five people. I was like, you're gonna be dead in the morning, and they are up earlier than I am. I'm like, what the hell happened? You didn't drink water no. at all last night, and they're like, but I did. You didn't notice, and then they like waltz to the field and kick everyone's butt. Yeah, I, I don't need to hydrate the torches. I've learned that they can take <laughs> care of themselves. I will still offer water. Good um, plan. You know, and, and Diego has taken me up on, on water many times, so mm -hmm. it can go and, and things uh, dizzy. Um, but, I mean, I I know they know what they're doing because they come at AmpGuard as the sport. Mm -hmm. And so they know how to take care of their bodies. And through training their acolytes they teach each other how to take care of their bodies even when they're doing the stupid frat boy thing yeah like beer pong but with shots <laughs> valley rallies yeah torch torch olympics is crazy if you've never been if you've never don't don't participate in torch olympics you're not ready for it if you <laughs> if you no if you watch torch olympics it's fantastic if oh, you participate you're but dead. don't make Torch Olympics a drinking game because it's just as bad as participating. That's that's true. That's true. It's uh, it's an interesting thing. It is. <laughs> it's it's good times. 
it is it is definitely a unique experience at Springwater. Um Okay, uh we have one audience member. Uh Lumpy, do you have any questions? I'm gonna take that as a no. Um She's muted. <laughs> she came in to give us an audience and then she wandered off AFK. Oh Lumpy, yeah. Uh Lumpy might have done that for us. <laughs> um That's sweet. I feel like there's people here, but there's still no one here. Hey, well, most of the views happen on YouTube anyways. So yeah. uh, do you have any, and I have to I have to put constructive in front of this, do you have any constructive spicy takes uh, about Paragon or color at all? Um, don't underestimate us. Stop underestimating us. Stop patronizing us. Mm -hmm. Stop patting us on the head and saying that we're just attendance were just by standards mm -hmm. because if you're in garb you're color also and now you're calling yourself something that doesn't matter mm -hmm. so please stop i don't like you insulting yourself constructive yeah. and spicy that, enough at the same that time? works that works it works hi i dropped into teacher voice there sorry <laughs> It works very well. I had to put constructive in front of it because uh, I got some complaints about one of my first episodes where it was just like spicy takes and not all of them were constructive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't know any other spicy takes. I mean, really, we're just unlike the other classes that are, are fighting to be better at what they do. Mm -hmm. We're basically fighting to be recognized. Mm -hmm. And that's a really hard challenge. Yeah, it's it's what basically every marginalized section of our population in the real world is facing right now. Mm -hmm. It's it's rough. It's, I mean, it's it's an uphill battle all the time. Yeah, and it. Okay, here's here's the spicy part. Mm -hmm. um, it, colored people. We're 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 people of color. Mm -hmm. Um, this is getting <laughs> awkward. Did I make it awkward? I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Um, yeah, we're please recognize us. Mm -hmm. You know, especially the weird ones like me that are like, no, I can totally do stuff on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. And it's because you know, I I grew up on the battlefield. I know. I've had conversations with people. I've never seen you fight. I've never seen you pick up a weapon. I've never. I know. That's only been the past five years, sweetheart. I know mm -hmm. that's all you've ever known me as, but you know, I've been around. Mm -hmm. I've done my time. I've run into a tree. <laughs> I've gotten knocked down by a throwing spear before throwing spears were in the rules because it was throwing spears were spears that you threw. Yeah. So they were seven foot long. <laughs> One pound per linear foot. Yeah. Shape spear yep. thrown by six foot tall man mm -hmm. at five foot tall 15 year old <laughs> Ampgard has a bad habit of overweighing weapons in early years yeah that was a thing yeah. especially when it rained oh god yeah and playing in the swimming pool I remember my my parks my 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 original parks 13 year old me first park mm -hmm. they're 
first battlefield was in our founder's swimming pool <laughs> with carpet foam and duct tape weapons. Yeah, I'm very glad I did not start in the 90s, the, the, the 80s and 90s because yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a hot mess. I mean, high school me would have died. Yeah, I was a very I small man. I am surprised none of my high school me friends died. We we could have. Um, our founder also several years later he he made himself a door shield. Mm -hmm. Okay, tower shield. So big tall shield, but no, he took the door off of his closet, <laughs> took off the hardware, strapped like broke out one of the side panelings and strapped straps to it. Uh huh. And then patted the edge of that and took that on the field because he was tall enough. <laughs> this wasn't a tower shield. It was a door shield because it was literally his closet door. He left it in his garage because he took a break for about a year and a half to do college things. And he came back and he grabbed all of his stuff out of his closet. Out of his garage, rather. Um, threw it in the trunk of his car. Came to park. Strapped on his shield and went to fight. And <laughs> afterwards, he was like, man, my arm hurts. And we're like, what's wrong? He's still holding a shield. We're like, what's wrong? Well, let, let's see what happened to your arm. What's, what are you feeling? He's like, throbbing, man. Like, gush, gush, gush. he took his arm out and his arm was swollen like this. Oh. Because hornets had built a nest inside of his shield. Oh. He thought his shield was just buzzing. <laughs> That's so terrible. Like that's, I feel really bad for him because that just could not have been fun at all. Uh, like, and that's the perfect, that's the perfect example of the kind of player that gets into flow and doesn't stop to think about what's going on with their body. <laughs> Being stung by a bunch of hornets and not recognizing you got stung by a bunch of hornets. Yeah, I mean, that, it's the afterwards. same problem we have with people running through like uh, poison ivy in combat yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, color, if you're wanting to color on combat field, like that's the, that's the kind of the kind of player that you're, you're watching out for. Yes. <laughs> oh, dear God. My brother-in-law, if you're watching, I'm sorry I told that story about you and your youth. <laughs> My sister married him. That's fun. I mean, everybody's got crazy stories about hurting themselves in Amgard somehow. Yeah. Especially the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, um, don't turn uh, muddy, rainy days into uh, free-for-all mosh pits. Um, especially do not put weapons in the center and go, okay, you guys get to wrestle for your weapons? Oh, no. No. We had a broken collarbone. Yeah, that's not surprising. Mm -mm. Uh, there's a reason wrestling has a lot of strict rules and takes yeah. place on a foam mat. Yeah, <laughs> and not on an amp guard field. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh my god. Uh, I understand grappling is part of dagger here and Bellagarth, and they also have strict rules about it. Um, yeah, it's it's not great. <laughs> it's not. It is it is a very aggressive sport that involves attempting to manipulate your opponent's body with yours. It's never easy. No. No. Should not be attempted by the weekend enthusiast mm -hmm. with no 
physical training and probably does not hit the gym. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. Um. Anything else to add to the episode before we uh, we clear up? Um. Thanks so much for watching. Like and subscribe for more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can uh, follow my YouTube channel uh, if you want all of that good high school geometry videos. <laughs> hey, hey, hold on. If we're following Tato, fighting is just math, mostly triangles and geometry. Just, yes. It's mostly just triangles and cones. It's very true. So you could learn more by knowing, you know, how to figure out cones. Sure. I mean, kind of. I mean, kind of. I mean, have, definitely having that analytical math mind and being able to think through a geometric proof can make you a good tactician because you're thinking that logical step mm -hmm. and step and step and what happens if I do this and what happens if I try that. And I, I mean, there's that argument. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, the, the, um, if and statements and stuff. Mm -hmm. huh? If and statements, kind of like yeah, if and whatever happen, this is most likely outcome. That stuff. Yeah. If this, then this. Yep. If this, else that. Mm -hmm. They're kind of just yeah. logical breakdowns. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah, now, uh, like and subscribe for more. Thanks so much for watching. <laughs> All right. So thank you for, for coming on. And uh, unfortunately, it looks like Bonnie couldn't get her signal back up, but yeah. uh, I don't plan on ending this series at any point soonish. So maybe we'll get some more time. Uh, thank you again. And uh, recorded. Thank you for having me. Good. Sorry. You're good. Um, recorded Merrick will roll us out. This has been another episode of The Paragon Path. If you liked what you heard or saw, please drop us a like and follow on YouTube or Spotify or Google Music or anywhere else that you can find us. We have a Facebook page on the path that lets you know when we're recording, what you can join into, and what to expect next. We record these episodes live every other weekend on the Kingdom of Polaris Discord. Link is in the comments. If you'd like to learn more, please subscribe, comment, or just drop us a line. As always, happy to see you on the field. See you next time.